This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. It's it's not a trick question, and I feel like you guys have treated it like a trick question. I think people just want to know what the White House position is. The White House position is that uh, and the president and vice president believe that teachers should be prioritized uh, safely and, and operating right. according to the sign. All right. I'm not going to get a yes or no on that. Are we alone? Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to call me out, I'm going to f*** you up. <laughs> Sorry. That's just me. <laughs> they want to pick on us because right. they want their babysitters back. <laughs> So that was a school board members or teachers. Which one were they? School board members. School board members. Oakley, California. In Oakley, California. Little damn sick of the parents and all their asks, etc. So they... Uh, like that the schools be open, which exa- some might say is these people's one job is to make schools You would go. think that they would be kid-centric, but no, 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 no. Stop wasting the school board's time. They're sick of your constant hassle. People, it's easy to hide behind a screen and put it oh, on yeah. now. But when you're face to face with people, it's a whole different it's a whole different ball game. It was posted on my social media. Someone else posted it. It's like whatever. I wasn't doing anything bad. I could. I really. I honestly don't care about that part. But you know what? Are we alone? Yeah. <laughs> if you're gonna call me out, I'm gonna fuck you up. <laughs> Sorry, that's just me. <laughs> They want to pick on us because they want their babysitters back. Right. 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 (laughs) Oh, my God. That's so funny. Wow. What a bunch of Mm -hmm. loathsome, freaking hacky, disgraceful bottom feeders. But. Yeah, there's been a lot of that kind of rhetoric. They're like, well, why did you have kids if you don't want to spend the energy to look after them? No, the issue is that I pay you thousands and thousands of dollars every single year in order to have an education available to me to send my kids to. And I mean, at this point, if people aren't considering other options like homeschool or private schools, like... I, I don't they're not paying attention because I don't know who's seeing teachers and school boards and school officials saying stuff like this and not thinking like I entrust my children to these people. <laughs> right. But they have got the union is super powerful. They've got the full fealty and loyalty of this administration. The Biden administration mm-hmm. could care less about this. They could care less about this. And this is Simone Sanders, one of the chief first all-female team of flax at the Biden administration, when a friendly CNN reporter asks her about letting teachers get back into into schools, saying, is it safe? Can you just tell us, is it safe for the teachers to get back into schools? This is how much respect this administration has for you and your kids. Just just glean it all you need to from the answer. It's it's not a trick question, and I feel like you guys have treated it like a trick question. I think people just want to know... What the? Oh wow! That's nobody usually can, uh, accuses us of using du- double speak. But no, go ahead. I'll answer it. The White House position is on whether or not teachers have to be vaccinated for kids to return safely to school. The CDC director Rochelle Walensky says the science is that teachers don't necessarily have to be vaccinated for kids to return. And I think people want to know what the White House position is on that. 
clear enough. The White House position is that uh, and the president and vice president believe that teachers should be prioritized for receiving the vaccination along with other frontline workers. And in at least 22 states in the District of Columbia, that's exactly what's happening. Prioritize is one thing, and I think there's wide agreement they should be prioritized. And why not? Is it necessary, though? That's the question. It really is a yes, no question. Right. Is it necessary mm-hmm. for them to get vaccinated to get back into the yeah, schools? Yeah, can we have open schools before every single teacher is vaccinated? Is that okay? Yes. Parents need to know this stuff because real lives uh, are at stake here. The mental health of these kids and the financial lives of parents, entire family, this is mm-hmm. crucial. The public schools are crucial. You know, we're told at the teachers' union, then teachers are, use, are, are crucial, etc. So just tell us, can they get back in there safely? Because there's confusion because your CDC person, before she was duct taped and thrown in the basement, said that they can start. They don't need vaccinations. They can safely do it now. So is it safe for them to get back in the schools? Please say yes or no, because you respect the American people, unlike Kaylee McEnany and the Trump administration, who would never answer questions straight because they Mm -hmm. had no respect for the American people. But you do. So yes or no, can teachers get back in the schools safely, please? Well, John, I think the real question, frankly, if I can be frank here, is... She's being frank, by the way, frankly, in case you didn't know that. Not frankly answering the question. What you're getting to is, is it safe for kids to go back to school? And the president... Actually not. In this case, that's not the question. The question is, is it safe for teachers to go back to school? And that's that's a very specific... It's the same question he's asked you four times already. He didn't use to go to a different one now. We're still in that same question. We're trying to get past that question, but you're not letting us. Specific question in this case. And again, I'm not sure. I don't understand why it's a hard question to answer. It, it may be that you want every teacher to be vaccinated. It may be the answer is, yeah, teachers should if they can. He's now made his question multiple choice for her. Mm-hmm. He's willing to go meet her more than halfway. Here, right. I'll give you four possible answers since you're not, frankly... And I want to be frank about this. Since you're not capable of answering, here, it could be this answer, A, that works, B works, C works. Please, just give me one of those, any answer. And be vaccinated before they return to school, but it's not necessary. Well, John, I think the president has been clear, the vice president has Mm -hmm. been clear, and I think I was really clear just now that it is the administration's (laughs) position, the president and vice president believe, that teachers should be prioritized for vaccinations. And in 22 states, at least, and the District of Columbia, that's exactly what is happening. You know, uh, look. I'll try one last. Look, she says, you know, hitting the uh, the return key, essentially, (laughs) starting a new line of talking point. I'll try one last time. Does Does the president feel that that teachers have to be vaccinated in order for schools to, to open safely, yes or no? The president believes that teachers should be prioritized for vaccination. His right. wife, Dr. Biden, the first lady. No, that's the answer to should teachers be prioritized for vaccination. <laughs> that's that answer. He asks you, is it safe? And you've got a bunch of people in lab coats surrounding the president, you know, giving these dissertations to mm-hmm. people. Has any of them told you whether it's safe? Because we're hearing from one of them that it is safe. So is it safe? Right. Is a teacher. He knows the... Imp- Jill Biden is a teacher. Yeah, but saying. she calls her Dr. Biden. His yes. wife, Dr. Bi- his wife, Dr. Biden, the first lady, is a teacher. Is a teacher. Well, oh, can, thank you. can somebody get her? Like she was a can doctor. We, can we then ask her? Day. Can somebody get Dr. Jill and ask her if it's safe? Is there anybody we can ask if it's safe? Importance of teachers being in the classroom. The president and vice president also know, John, that teaching for many people is not just what they do. It is who they are. It is a calling. uh, And teachers want to be in the classroom. Parents want students in the classroom. And we want to do so uh, safely and and operating according to the science. All right. I'm not going to get a yes or no on that. Minimum. So there you go. So forthright and transparent. I mean, you satisfied? There you go. You wanted your smiling uh, press uh, interactions with with the flax at the White House. Now, remember, this is so truth is back at the White House and transparency, forthright um, answers to questions. And uh, yes, he did try. He is a essentially almost a member of the administration. So he's trying to make it easy for her. Please. Mm -hmm. Let's just Simone Sanders. Just tell me, is it safe? That's all you have to say. And everybody knows that it is safe. All the experts, the science, the the beloved right. science. Right. You're much safer in a room full of seven-year-olds than you are at the grocery store, frankly. Because frankly. Because the seven-year-olds are much less likely to spread you COVID. 
than well, adults the grocery are. store doesn't have a union that runs <laughs> the country right now, or else you would, frankly, um, be changing the subject if you were Simone Sanders. If you were asked that right. question, and this is—I mean, Kamala went on TV um, two mornings ago too, and it, it's behaved in the same bizarre way. Yes, we're going to play that. As a matter of fact, um, it, so it, but it, so. It, Let's ask a question to Joe Biden. So when do you think that would be K through eight, at I least think we'll five be, days a week? I possible? think we'll be close to that at the end of the first hundred days. We'd have a significant percentage of them being able to be opened. My my guess is they're going to probably be pushing to open all for all summer to continue like it's a different semester. Do you think that would be five up. days a week or just a couple? I think I, I think many of them five days a week. The goal would be five. By the way, parents got to love that. Yeah, oh, good God, news. Gonna be school all summer. That's nice. Uh, which makes me wonder if he's ever met a teachers' union because I don't think the teachers are going to go to school all summer. No, no, the <laughs> students will have to, and and I don't know. They'll so, have extra hall monitors like they do yes. for the socially distanced remote classrooms. Five days a week. Now it's going to be harder to open up the high schools for the reasons I said. Um, it's just like if you notice the contagion factor in colleges is much higher. Uh, than it is in high schools or grade schools. Um, I want you to meet... Uh... It apparently is not in private schools, which are running currently and mm-hmm. bursting with kids. And Florida schools. Right, in Florida schools. That's right. So it's going to be a little harder for seniors and high schoolers to get back into school, but it's going to be even harder than that for any of them to get back into school because the unions <laughs> have told us that they're not going back to school. So I can give you words, and um, Simone Sanders can say frankly a hundred times and talk about how Dr. Jill knows how important it is to teach kids, but uh, this game is over. It is over. The union makes the rules, and this administration ain't pushing back. They have made it very clear. The teachers' union controls... That's just beginning at the teachers' union. We'll see who else controls this administration, but it is the scenario that we were afraid it would be. The Biden administration does not make the rules here. As Alice uh, teased, Kamala Harris was Savannah Guthrie a couple of mornings ago. And um, although this time, I guess they were mostly talking about vaccines and distribution. But once again, we're playing dodgeball here, where mm-hmm. it's simply the, the reporter, the, the host is simply trying to throw the ball underhand at Kamala <laughs> Harris so she can catch it. But no, she is running and diving and dodging and hiding behind furniture. Whatever it takes. There are not answers forthcoming in this administration. A lot of folks are watching say, I can't get my parents a vaccine right now. I can't get a vaccine appointment. States have said they're ready. They've got the infrastructure to give shots, but they don't have the supply. Governors even wrote the White House, Republicans and Democrats, saying we need better coordination from the federal government. So this is on your watch now. What's the holdup? What's the bottleneck? And what's being done about it? Yes, so vaccines. So here's the thing. First of all, we have a vaccine now, and that is great, but we need to get it in the arms of all Americans. And as the president said last night, um, we expect that that will be done um, in terms of having the available supply uh, by the end of July. And so we are very excited about that, and we're excited about what we've been rolling out. You're right, we're four weeks in as an administration, um, but we have, during these four weeks, done a lot that is about a national protocol for getting the vaccines to folks, supporting the states who needed that kind of coordination and support. Uh, we have a whole program that now is that we've rolled out, getting one million vaccines. What was the question? Um, she asked if it was on them now that because it's okay. Yeah. You know, to pharmacies, don't have we supplies. are getting vaccines to community health centers, very important to supplement what the states are doing. We want to make sure that we get it directly into communities. And then 13 and a half million um, a week going out. Uh, it, as, and as quickly as we're producing it, we're getting it out. Let's talk about... And we just want to say to everybody, just please get vaccinated. And in the interim, let's do what we know we can do and is within each of our ability to do, which is in the interim, wear a mask, social distance distance and make sure you wash your hands and do that for dad thank you so much for that invaluable <laughs> advice that is geez that must have nobody's that, heard that that must I have think. been a heavy lift to be able to deliver that piece of information to mm-hmm. us thank you so much kamala let's talk about schools uh, we got a lot yeah. of parents watching right now maybe with their yeah. kids right next to them because they're not right. going to school the cdc a few days ago finally put out some long-awaited guidance on how schools could safely reopen but here's the thing they tied it directly 
directly to the rate of infection in any given community. And I'm going to put a map up because if schools were to follow that right now, 90 percent of the counties, 90 percent of the schools would not be able to open under the CDC's own metric. Was it a mistake for the CDC to connect school reopening to how much infection there is in a community? Well, let's first say this, that in the last four weeks, schools are opening every week. More schools are opening. And it is because we are supplementing what needs to happen around the vaccinations getting into to, to states, but also because folks are, we're seeing progress. When folks are wearing masks, when they're getting vaccinated, when they're social distancing, we're seeing progress there. But we all want the schools to reopen. Savannah, all of us who have children in our lives, they want to go back to school. We want them to go back to school. Teachers want to teach. But what about that CDC the guidance then? That's that's the question. So why because- does the CDC say they should be right. closed then if they're all opening? And that's so wonderful, Kamala, because your CDC just put out at the request of the teachers unions guidance that says 90 percent of the schools in America should be closed right now. So how about that? The CDC is saying, essentially, their best guidance is don't open if you're in a red zone. Ninety percent of students are in a red zone. And the science is very clear. The CDC's own science says schools are not a source of community risk. Well, so here's the thing. What the CDC, what they have recommended are, are exactly that, recommendations about how to reopen safely if they've been closed, how to stay open if they've been opened. And so the recommendations include what, again, needs to happen around social distancing, hand washing, mask wearing. Holy God. <laughs> Holy God. It is lost. All is lost in this freaking administration. Jesus so why does this your is, CDC she doesn't know nothing? The old man doesn't know what he's talking about. The only people who know what they're talking about and know what they're doing are the teachers unions. That's yeah, it. That's really. it. Because the CDC is now a hostage of the teachers union. Nobody, nobody can answer a damn question. Well, saying it's important we get schools open and return to normalcy. Of course, you know you can't say you no longer can say that. You know, as soon as Donald Trump is gone, that'll happen. No. It, yeah, because Donald Trump is gone now. The schools aren't open in a lot of places in America right now. And your CDC just put out guidance that says more of them should be closed. So you don't get to be the, oh, we're going to open schools administration anymore, you know? But the point is that we all want our kids to get back to school as quickly as possible and as safely as possible. There has been a shifting timeline here. Back on December 8th, the president, then president. It is so, not even toxic. It is sinister. Mm-hmm. For her to say, we all want our kids, kids to get back to school as quickly as possible and as safely as possible. To even say that is so mm-hmm. poisonously disingenuous. Well, yeah, you've heard the line, what the line is now. The Washington Post had a big piece yesterday um, saying that uh, some teachers' unions are now pushing and saying, you know, the schools were actually really never a safe environment before either. So we're going to need you know, more right, upgrades right. to the teaching environment before we can go back. It really, before COVID, it wasn't safe yes. for us to teach either. You know, so. there's mold now in the school. Sorry about that. We can't, we just, we're all retiring with pay is what we're saying to you. So keep paying us. And Elect tweeted, uh, we want to reopen the majority of schools in the first 100 days. He later said that day, we want to have most schools open. Now he said as recently as last night, he's talking about the majority of K through eight schools. Last week, we heard a White House official saying open means it could mean just one day a week open. The president said, no, that was a miscommunication. But I mean, I guess, look, again, parents watching, what is the bottom line? What does it mean for schools to be reopened and how soon can they be reopened? So our goal is that as many K through eight schools as possible will reopen as within the first hundred days. Our goal is that they as possible. Yeah, she just lowered it again. It was right. the majority of K through eight schools. Now it's as many K through eight right. schools as possible. Right, and that's going to mean not many K through eight schools because they're in the new red zone where the CDC has taken a map and spray painted it all red, <laughs> and anything in the red can't go back to school except if you're in a private school or except if you're doing every other occupation in the country. We'll be five days a week. And so we have to work to achieve that goal. But our goal is the goal of parents. And I mean, here's the thing, Savannah, I don't need to tell you. We are, uh, the the issue here is not just about statistics. It's about our kids. It's- oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> 
Yeah, that, that's what Savannah's, Savannah's asking, really, and, um, and Simone Sanders and Joe Biden. We're really asking, because of the kids, we want to put them into the schools five days a week. Yeah, the question they keep thinking right. reporters are asking them is, do you like children and do you like teachers? And they're like, yes, oh my God, we love children. We love te- teachers are so important. And kids are so important. They're our future, you know? And the reporters keep going like, no, we're just asking you actually real questions about when the schools are going to be open there. Like, right. I agree. Kids are so important. Love kids. They're great. Yes. And it's really, quite frankly, important that we all notice that we're all in this for the kids. Well, I, okay, let's stop going in circles for a second here. Can the kids go into the schools and can we be caring about them while they sit in classrooms with a proctor or somebody at the front of the class like real people do? Or is the, or is the subject of the kids too important? It's for the kids mm-hmm. that we have to put them back in your house, away from their friends, pay the people who are being who are being taken care of financially to mm-hmm. to cultivate them day after day. It's for their own sake that we have to we have to harm them because we love them. Which the only piece missing there, of course, is because these people are God, this is so damn Soviet. It's incredible. It's yeah. incredible. It's about their parents. It's about the fact that every day our kids are missing essential, critical days in their educational development. Uh, you know, we, we know, <laughs> we have worked on this issue for years around the fact that, you know, by the end of third grade, if a child is not at third grade reading level, they literally drop off. So each day in the life of a child is a very long time. Absolutely. And that's why, right, and that's why we, we've got it collectively do everything in our power to reopen our schools as quickly as possible. Everything in our power. Who's, everything in our power. Who's stopping them from opening right now? Because right. it sounds like the entire government of the United States really wants kids to be in school. From we have Kamala to collectively do everything in our power to reopen the schools. So could we approach the schools on foot, take the key to the padlock that's in the front door, open it, flip the light-ons, open doors, Allow the flow of children into this? Is that within our power? Is that not within our power? Or is there some dark influential force there saying that that's no longer within your power, uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris? So you go out there and you speak like jackasses and completely disingenuously condescend to every American, including those Americans whose kids are being harmed every Mm -hmm. day. You're going to do that happily because we said so. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, we will. And there they go. Yes, ma'am, there we go. And so this, the flak marches out there, and Biden marches out there, and Kamala Harris marches out there. They are bought and paid for, and they are being good little soldiers for the teachers' union. Possible and as safely as possible. A lot of public health officials will say this closing of schools is as much of a, a public health crisis for all the reasons you mentioned. A final point on this before we move on. You know, the uh-huh. CDC has said it is not a prerequisite for teachers to be vaccinated for them to go back to school. But many teachers are wary of going back to school. And we've had some cities have to sue the teachers' union or sue their own school districts to try to get these schools to reopen. Can you reassure teachers who are listening right now that it is safe for them to go back to school? But let the record show that no teacher is forced to go into a school. No. 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 Nobody is forced to go into it's a school. It's a job for pay. Right. Yes. And so you can, you actually have the choice now to still get paid and be a teacher, but not go into school. Mm-hmm. Even if they are not vaccinated, if these public health measures like distancing and masks are being implemented. So, first of all, let me just say this, and the president has said it, and we're all really clear. Teachers should be a priority. Teachers should be a priority. Look, let me just tell you something. I love teachers. My first grade teacher, Mrs. Frances Wilson, attended my law school graduation. Teachers are critical to our children's development. They Uh. should be able to teach in a safe place and expand the minds and and the opportunities of our children. So teachers should be a priority along with... Were you allowed to interact with Frances Wilson when you were in school those years ago? Or was she in a Zoom meeting, you know, where people are trying to work out the audio issues uh, twice a week? Or one day a week. Jesus. Francis teaches school interaction is so special to me and personal that we're still not going to let your kids go to school. That's how important teachers and students are to us, that you can't have your kid go back to school, even though it's totally safe. 
But believe us, other than all of our actions, believe what we're saying here. There is nothing more, and we're doing everything within our power to make sure they can go back to school. But the issue is over, and we're not going to do anything, and they're not going back to school. And 100 days, and then April, and then June, and then July, mm-hmm. and then soon August, and then September, and then maybe next year, and maybe not, and deal with it. Sucks to be you. You're, you voted for the... Right. You voted for the, and it's interesting because they've they keep repeating. Saki said yesterday in the press briefing, you know, that they need more funding to get the schools open, and that's been the line. Like, oh well, if you want the schools to be open, you have to pass the American Rescue Plan because that's the funding to make the schools safe. Um, and um, as Kevin McCarthy and a bunch of other Republicans in Congress have pointed out, much of that funding does not happen this year. So, like, only a small percentage of the funding in that the, the bill that's for schools goes to 2021 there's more that goes to 2022 and 2023 so it's not clear to me how the funding for 2023 is going to impact the schools being open now i mean is what they're saying that we're not going to be able to go back until then well yeah what are you going to do what are you going to do about it i mean you (laughs) did something about it i did our our kids aren't in school anymore but the the money from the federal government mm-hmm. has followed them to that school. The the, our, the money, our tax money, is still taking the bus and going to school. Am I correct or not? <laughs> right. Yes, that's correct. Okay, but our kids are no longer taking the bus and go to the school. Mm-hmm. But our money is now every morning getting up, mm-hmm. uh, cranky, barely finishing food, not being able right. to find their shoes. Our money, um, you know, telling us last second that they're supposed to bring a craft in. That's what our money is doing now. And then it gets on the bus <laughs> and it goes to the schools every day. Right. Exactly. Instead of staying with us. But our kids have to be here. Mm-hmm. Okay, nobody's getting screwed at all. With other frontline workers, and we're going to make them a priority. I believe that up to 22 states, I believe, have prioritized but teachers in terms of but vaccinations. But if they're not but vaccinated, the con- is it safe for them? Well, I think that we have to decide if we can put in place safe measures. This is why, and it's so important, we pass the American... So wait a second. What has everybody been doing if they haven't been deciding safe measures? Right. What, we what are the do- masks that they're wearing at the school and the fact that kids can only go two days a week because they have to be far apart from each other and they have to eat lunch in a silent classroom where nobody talks and they're not allowed to go to a lunchroom with other human children. I mean, like, what what is all that about, if not safety? Yeah, but why? how is that not an ongoing thing that is up to date already? When is... National Safe Classes Week in Washington, D.C. Does that happen like in April or something? Why is this not, you know, sorry, we missed the train. They say everything, the schools are safe train. The next one doesn't yeah. come for another six but months. But here's the problem is that they they don't have answers. So they have to go back to like, you're not doing the right things. That's why she keeps saying masking and hand washing. That's why they said on TV, you know, last I forget who it was last week who was talking to Tapper. Oh, it was the CDC woman, Rachel Walensky. Um, why, when he pressed her on the same CDC map and says, why does it show that 90% of kids can't be in school if you're telling us kids can be in school? And she said, like, well, that kids can be in school if everybody's doing masks and hand wash. And he was like, isn't everybody doing that? And she goes, well, we have problems with mask compliance. Like, oh, okay. So, you know, and that's what Kamala's doing here too. Well, see, we have to make it safe. People need to wear their masks more and and wash their hands more. Like, because they've been telling us that all this stuff works and the numbers kept going up all winter. And now we're at the end of the season where everybody's indoors all the time catching COVID from their ventilation systems. And so now you know, it's going back down. But all through the winter, they told us that it was going up because we weren't washing our hands and masking enough, even though the same number of people are wearing masks now that were wearing masks in December. It made no difference in the spread of the disease. It just, you know, but they that's their narrative. So they have to sell it. The problem is not enough people are wearing masks. Everyone's wearing masks. The kids are required to wear them in school. They get yelled at (laughs) if they mess with their masks. You know, like it's there's not a pro- there's really not a big problem with compliance. We're at the level of masking that makes any difference at all, and we have been for many many months. Well, I mean, not only that, but I mean, this is so freaking absurd at all. I mean, the the place in the school where teachers are most likely to get COVID is the teachers' lounge, right? Because the kids don't spread COVID. Yeah, the kids don't seem to get COVID or care. They don't have symptoms. Mm-hmm. Many of them. they don't. They're not. A, they're not. I'm told by the science by the CDC. Mm-hmm. 
that kids are not a not a part of this situation. Right. And there's been great data. I mean, schools in Europe have been open. We, you know, our liberals are always saying, like, look how much better Europe handled it than we did. They're so much better at mass compliance. They don't have these stupid things about liberty or whatever, you know. And um, Europe has had their schools open because they recognize that Schools are something that has a very broad impact on society and is one of the safest places to be. So they close everything else first and, you know, close the schools last and open the schools first and then open everything else next. Whereas we're doing the exact opposite for no reason whatsoever, except that um, a powerful union lobby happens to be controlling the the uh, lo- all the local school boards in America. So... Rescue plan. The American Rescue Plan, which the president and I have proposed, is a plan that is about getting our schools back open. Why does this connect God. with what we're talking about right now? That ain't extortion. What is? Yeah, you have to pass our bill for the schools to open. We need more and more billions for the teachers' unions, for their pensions, and all the other stuff they want. That's, the, that, that's their latest negotiation, you know, because <laughs> they're not moving. It's going to be safer for our schools to reopen when we can get our schools the, the infrastructure needs, like helping them with their ventilation systems, helping them create social distancing with, with barriers, the things that are necessary to get them back open in a safe but way. I don't, want to, Ameri- I don't want to beat it to death, but I, just, I know there are teachers listening, and the CDC has said they don't have to be vaccinated to go back to school. Of we course think it's the priority. priority. We, think they should, we think they should be a priority. Uh, okay. We think they should be a priority, and the states are making decisions individually about where they will be on the list of who gets vaccinated. I believe they should be a priority. The president believes they should be a priority. Let's talk about this COVID relief plan. $1.9 trillion. You're on to talk about it today. It's a big, big price tag. There's already been $900 billion just passed a couple of months ago on top of the $2.2 trillion that was passed with the CARES Act last spring. A lot of economists say you got to go big in this environment with this much of a crisis. On the other hand, even some economists who are friendly, uh, you know, Larry Summers, for example, who was a top economic advisor to President Obama, mm-hmm. has said, we're going into uncharted territory here. You're talking about 10 to 15 percent of GDP. Is that top line price tag at all negotiable to you and the president? Well, first of all, let's talk about the two and a half million women who are out of the workforce since COVID Jesus started. Christ. Let's talk about the fact that 10 million people in America are unemployed, that we, people are, are in food lines for hours in America. Uh, let's talk about the fact that you've we- hired an administration trying to sell you insurance in a foxhole. And this is not who you need at the moment. This would be more funny and less disturbing if... Uh, she weren't about to be president sometime, probably later this year. I mean, talk about a heartbeat away from the presidency. Kamala Harris this week is going to be president like any minute now. Alice, that is very cynical and dark. Mm. They're She's probably going to hit half call. a million people who have died from this virus. So this is a big problem. I mean, the issue of, of, of two. It's a big problem. Did you realize that the pandemic is um, a front burner issue? I thought that it might be. It's also funny that she's like making this about women when the statistic that you never hear is that more men than women die of covid and if it were the reverse you would hear about it all the time but you don't because well you would have heard about it up until january 20th all the time and then it magically would have disappeared <laughs> and a half million women out out of the workforce is a national emergency as far as i'm concerned so a national emergency a big problem requires a big solution what if they work in the industry energy industry is, uh, is that still a national emergency <laughs> And we have to talk about proportionality. You can talk about the... Two and a half million women out of the workforce. It's a national emergency. What we're going to do is jack up the minimum wage to make sure that we bring that up to 10 million. Dollar amount, but let's talk about the harm that that is, is designed to address, to get people back up. So what does it do? It's about money to schools. It's about money for vaccinations and distribution. It's about getting money for people who are unemployed, helping them stay in their homes. This is what the American people right now need. And Savannah, I would say to you, you know... Well, you know, you talk about, we can talk about natural disasters, like what is happening in Texas and the Mid-Atlantic. And, and, you know, with the issue of COVID, it has been a disaster that is still going. You know, sometimes we talk about hurricanes and then what we need to do relief afterwards. This hurricane is still raging. 
We still have people dying on a daily basis, and we've got to address this. We've got to help our country heal and survive through this crisis so we can get back on our feet. And that's what the president and I and, and the American Rescue Plan is designed to address, an emergency that is occurring right now and, and is ongoing. We, still we have need people to act. To, and we need to act now. We need to act now. We still have people dying on a regular basis. So we have a vaccine for those people. We don't have a vaccine for the kids who are being harmed and dying. Right. Well, and also, if the emergency is right now, but not all the school funding is even this year, it's an emergency right now. Biden promised you that the $2,000 was coming right away if you elected the two Georgia senators, right? That was the that was the promise. So now they're hammering it out. It might be done sometime mid-March. They're saying, I mean, like, emergency doesn't mean the same thing to people in Washington <laughs> as no. it does to normal people. I don't know, you know, who's writing the bill, but it you know, it's an emergency to pass it with uh, no bipartisan support so it can go faster. But they're going to just hammer out the details in committees with reconciliation for the next month and a half. No big deal. It's all one world, Alice. You know, mm -hmm. people are dying out there. And people are also dying in China, someplace that we've been uh, in conflict with increasingly over the last mm -hmm. uh, few years. And uh, I believe that China may have been... Um, the vector point for the coronavirus as well. No, I think we would have heard about that. Right. Uh, yes, yeah, so it was a European virus, according to Andrew Cuomo, mm -hmm. who we'll get to in a moment. Or American. Could have come from America. So I, I would CCP. think we should be condemning China and their human rights issues, including the fact that they're big fans of concentration camps, mm -hmm. of sterilizing uh, women and girls, which is really just a really progressive policy, mm -hmm. I think. As I was talking with some of your leaders, you share... Oh, wait, hold on. Here we are. Here's Joe. You know, Chinese leaders, if you know anything about Chinese history, it has always been the time when China has been victimized by the outer world is when they haven't been unified at home. Can you imagine this? So we have to, the separatists, we have to put in concentration camps. and So, yeah. so let them, because, you know, the, if they feel like they're victimized by the outer world. Yeah, they're just doing concentration camps for their ethnic minorities because we're making them feel victimized, obviously. So the central, oh, to vastly overstated, the central principle of Xi Jinping is that there must be a united, tightly controlled China. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I do like Seems the way, fine. by the way, I like the way, by the way, he says to vastly overstate it. Or how, you could just state it accurately, too. You yeah. can just do that, too. And he uses his rationale for the things he does based on that. I point out to him, no American president can be sustained as a president if he doesn't reflect the values of the United States. And so the idea, I'm not going to speak out against what he's doing in Hong Kong, what he's doing with the Uyghurs in western mountains of, of uh, China and Taiwan trying to end the one China policy by making it forceful. I, I said, and by the way, he said he, he gets China it. policy. Culturally, there are different norms at each country, and they, their leaders are expected to follow. So lighten up. Yeah, some countries are into genocide, some aren't. It's just, it's different norms. We have different ideas about these things. You the know, sterilization, fine. these are different cultures, except if the Jews in Israel are doing it. And then we got a problem. If you're not, uh, you know, for a two-state solution, uh, or if you're not for Israel moving back to its 1967 borders, um, you know, then we've got no time for that. No mm -hmm. time for that. And Biden has yet to call Netanyahu, I believe. Anyway, no, they spoke. They spoke. Oh, did they good? Yeah. So, uh, so, um, so he has not. Um, Biden has long been a fan of China and been um, defending them. This is him about ten years ago. As I was talking with some of your leaders, you share a similar concern here in China. You have no safety net. Your policy has been one which I fully understand. I'm not second guessing of one child per family. The result being that. You're in a position where one wage earner will be taking care of four retired people. Yes, and the other result so being that, that little in, daughters are murdered and yeah. thrown away into uh, dumpsters. Yeah, uh, so that know. was back in 2011 when he endorsed the One China policy, and I have never forgotten that. That has sat with me because that's a policy of forced abortions, and, I mean, it's it's an evil policy. I mean, it's it's really bad. And, yes. Um, he was for all for that in 2011. All yeah, for it. Not going to second guess it. That. So when he endorsed genocide because of different cultural values uh, the other night at his town hall meeting, um, I, you know, I wasn't all that surprised, frankly, because 
one child policy was already a step down that path, basically. So, right. He likes the Chinese. At least they know how to use the internet. The uh, the other part portion is a lot of people don't know how to register. Not everybody in the community, in the Hispanic and the African American community, particularly in uh, uh, rural areas that are distant and or inner city districts, know how to use know how to get online to determine how to get in line for that COVID vaccination at the at the Walgreens or at at the particular store. Well, Massachusetts has solved that problem because um, nobody knows how to get online and get a vaccine appointment in Massachusetts. They just opened up the next tiers of vaccination and the websites have been down all day. We have a a website called vaccine.healthcare.gov in Massachusetts and it is not working. But Biden again, you just slamming more marginalized communities, but given a total pass, you know, his mm-hmm. Biden not only doesn't, they don't even feel the need to give him context or try to make it up. Mm-hmm. He's just forgiven immediately. Oh yeah, no, I, we can tell he's got a good heart. You know, yeah. he's very nice. The you say see the dogs, yeah. Mm-hmm. The dogs he also the- said last night that the reason why he passed the crime bill in the early '90s was to try and fix racial disparities in criminal sentencing we needed way more blacks in jail so we turned the spigot in the 90s and there you go but some people like uh this hack reporter from i think cnn one of the things and jim messina who's a former obama a uh, yeah he's like an obama campaign guy um he was just moved by biden's performance up there can you just weigh in finally jim on the humility i mean when he talked at the end of the town hall about like i wake up in the white house and i asked jill where are we and i'm uncomfortable with them putting my suit jacket on and having all this help i mean what a what a breath of fresh air Boy, it's true, Bobby. I teared up at that. That's Scranton Joe. That's the kid (laughs) who watched his dad go to work every day and struggle. And and then one day... That's Scranton Joe. Scranton Joe hasn't been in Scranton for 74 years. He has been in Washington, District of Columbia, forever. And he's also... um, He he spent eight years as the vice president, where I think they had jacket putter honors there as well. (laughs) God, this media absolutely are flacking for this guy. They absolutely are... They're uh, they're duplicating and just adding horsepower to his messaging, buying every bit of it. Wow, the humility, the humanity that we saw. So refreshing. Oh, his jacket. He's he's Scranton Joe. He doesn't feel comfortable with somebody else doing that for him. He got to grow up and be the president of the United States of America. Uh, and it really is an amazing moment. I remember the first days of the Obama administration, the president coming down to me and saying, we want the girls to do the dishes and the White right. House staff seem to be a little concerned about that. You know, each president figures out how to live in that place. Uh, I'll just challenge that for the record. We'll look <laughs> that up later. But it was amazing to see Scranton Joe kind of be honest about yeah. saying, yeah, wow, Scranton this is my Joe. life. Yeah. I'm taking a page from the First Lady Michelle Obama when she said, don't clean the girls' room. They're cleaning their own room. That's how it goes in my house, too. Exactly. <laughs> Jim Messina, thank you. We'll Jesus have you back soon. Christ, the amount of stupid that just happened. When oh, my God. Oh, God. Everybody we've had on tonight, all of the sound are from stupid people. Something without one. But they're just really nice and good, though. And they just want to solve all your problems for you. I'm flying away. Then I look at you. And the world's all right with me. Just one look at you. And I know it's going to be a lovely day. All is good. Everything is fine. The bad people are gone. The insane people, the intellectually vacuous people, the soulless flax, the um, senile people, they're all gone out of my mind. Everything is fine. Everything is fine. I'm going to hear, I'm going to. Palette cleanse with little jerk on jerk crime. Uh, Vint, uh, Bill de Blasio jumped on a, with Mika to shiv Andrew <laughs> Cuomo after Cuomo threatened the lives of half the New York State um, legislature. They're not called the Assembly. Have you ever heard of anything like that from Governor Cuomo? Has he? Have you ever spoken with him and anything like that happened? 
Yeah, it's a sad thing to say, Mika, but that's... It kills him to say it. Kills him to say it. Classic Andrew Cuomo. Um, a lot of people in New York State have received those phone calls. Uh, you know, the bullying is nothing new. Um, he calls me a tall, oafish, dumb MFR uh, four times a week. I believe Ron Kim, and it's very, very sad. No public servant, no person who's uh, telling the truth should be treated that way. Um, but yeah, that, the, the threats, the, the belittling, uh, the <laughs> demand that someone change their statement right that moment. Uh, many, many times I've heard that, and I know a lot of other people in this state have heard that. Correct. Andrew Cuomo is a jerk. That is uh, <laughs> nothing new, nothing new, nothing new. What am I missing, Alice K. Shattuck? Oh, so much has been going on. Um, There were hearings today for the GameStop saga. You didn't grab that audio, right? No. I did send it to you. I don't like the kid. You don't like the kid? How can you not like him? He reminds me of the guy who plays Darth Krull from Star Wars, the new one. Anyway, this is the kid that uh, has been... He's Angel Cat or something, right? No, he's Roaring Kitty. On Reddit, he's Deep Effing Value. So Congress dragged him up there with the CEOs of all these multi-billion dollar companies, Robin Hood and Citadel Holdings and everybody. Um, and they, you know, they're Congress, so they're not going to actually get to the bottom of everything. They're just going to use it to grandstand at people. But, um, you know, and all the CEOs of the people were just trying to CYA, basically. But um, this kid was pretty interesting, and he did. He made a cat, uh, I'm not a cat reference in um, in his opening statement there. He said, you know, I'm not a cat. I'm not an, uh, an institutional investor. I'm just a guy who thought GameStop stock was worth some money and, you know, and invested in it and told people online that I thought it was a good investment. Um, so... So I th- I thought he was great. He's a kid from Brockton, you know, a local guy. He grew up, you know, poor essentially, and um and now he's a millionaire and taking care of his family. A lot of people lost money in the GameStop thing, which is why Congress is now investing in it, uh, including like Dave Portnoy and some of these other people lost, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. Uh, but um, you know, it, if they go after, if Congress goes after somebody, if the SEC goes after somebody, it's not going to be. Uh, Vlad and the other, you know, the big hedge hunt guys, you know, they're not going to go after those people. They're going to go after small fish, if anybody, like this kid from Brockton who just happened to make money during it. You know, that's who the Congress is going to try and make sure it goes down because it's going to be easier for the SEC to go after a kid from Brockton than it is for them to go after, you know, a huge hedge fund. So, um, yeah, I mean, not a great day for Robin Hood investments i th- let me I think see where i am alice we had 120 dollars your... invested and okay, in robin hood in my mm-hmm. diversified account some is in amc some is in two other things that i don't remember what they are but they're coronavirus <laughs> cures okay and we are down now to 118 dollars. okay well that's better than i thought so. it is i think we had 110 in it i don't know but everything i is i was alice i was at 180 two weeks ago I was living the dream two weeks wow. ago. I was going to wow. kiss this life goodbye. The and Lambo people- was already being delivered to the driveway. Correct. Uh, so, um, so yeah, that happened. The GameStop guy is not a cat, even though his name is Roaring Kitty on YouTube. Um, but other than that, uh, the big hedge funds aren't the only people who are in trouble. Uh the, the uh, social media giants are also having some problems. They're fighting with countries other than the U.S. Um, I don't know if you heard this, but uh, Facebook now is banning all news from Australia. Crikey! Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> somebody tell Timmy Wallaby. Um, so, so basically what happened is the Australian government uh, did sort of um, some investigating and they decided that Facebook is sucking advertising dollars. Facebook and Google are sucking advertising dollars out of the news media. That they're- yeah, you think? So, uh, Jesus yeah. Christ. So anyway, so the Australian government decided to make a law that these big media companies like Facebook and these big social media companies, Facebook, Google, that they have to 
pay news companies in order to show their news on the platform. So Ooh. like the Lowell Sun couldn't just go post a Lowell Sun news story on Facebook. Mm-hmm. That Facebook would have to pay you for the privilege of letting the Lowell Sun story go on there. So Facebook said, fine. Google worked out a deal with News Corp, which is like their biggest um, media company in Australia, um, you know, for millions of dollars to pay to be able to show right. News Corp content right. in Google That's, uh, What's his name? Fox News. Murdoch. And, um, but Facebook walked, basically. They called the bluff and they said, fine. We're not going to pay people to let them post their news stories on Facebook. We just give them the opportunity to post things on Facebook. So if we have to pay, then they just can't post them on Facebook. And not only can they not post them to be visible in Australia, but you can't post any news that originates in Australia anywhere in the world on Facebook. So um, that's quite a development. The Australian government is mad about it. Facebook is mad about it. I don't know how they're going to you know, reach an agreement there. I don't know. I think it's an odd approach to demand that Facebook pay the publishers. Because, mm. I mean, you know, when when a newspaper goes and posts their news story on Facebook, they're choosing to do that, you know, even if Facebook is making money from it, right? Like, I don't... So I, I don't see... Like, were you... Have you ever been in a media company that was demanding to get paid for the privilege of posting things on Facebook? No, I don't know how any of that works. It seems odd. So it seems like an odd approach, and Facebook didn't like it, so they're done. I don't know how they're going to work Beautiful it out. Beautiful to see. We'll keep a tr- an eye on this. Um, what else also, Twitter has been arguing with India because mm-hmm. um, in India, um, the government noticed that uh, Twitter has taken a strong stand against inciting any violence. So they want Twitter to take everybody off of Twitter in India that ever tries to incite violence on Twitter. Ooh, and this the is, Trump rule. This <laughs> is a lot of work for Twitter. So they're trying to, um, you know, work out some kind of um, arrangement. Compromise, with that. right. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll see. Very interesting. Um, so I like that idea of the chaos happening to these tech companies. Let's yeah, well, they're, it's out. complicated, and they're not just going to make trouble for themselves in the United States, but there are other countries too with even more people that are going to cause them problems. So they have a lot on their plate right now. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Uh, Rick Wilson has uh, paid off his mortgage. Okay, he's shifting money around rapidly as things. <laughs> His things fall apart around Probably him at the Lincoln idea. Project. Shift, shift. He's trying to hide as much money as yes. possible. I would shift some around to an attorney. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Jen Saki has an update on what uh, Joe Biden is doing for small businesses. She posted on Twitter oh, God. the other night. Uh, she was taking questions from people about um, you know things that they're interested in, and one of them was what's Biden doing for small business. And she had a really uh, wonderful answer, which is that. Biden. Unlike, was there uplifting, upbeat music? Yep, there was uplifting, upbeat music. And Biden, you'll be very excited to know, is helping a small business because he's appointed a woman to the head of the SBA. That's very good. Alice, where's my shotgun? <laughs> As we know, there has never before okay. been a woman head of the SBA. Well, like, this is indeed historic. And hopefully she's <laughs> as, as effective as, um, what's her name, uh, Sanders, as... Uh, um, yeah, of course, Trump also had a woman head of the SBA, McMahon was. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's completely revolutionary and wonderful and amazing. And that's great news for small business, I think. Um, Texas is still in terrible, yeah, terrible shape. Yeah, that stinks. I reached out to Robino tonight and he seemed to not be interested. <laughs> is he surviving? I mean, he's, he's poor Rob. Survival, he's, actually. he's staying at his work now because his apartment building, the power is out. And there's no water, right. so he's at his work, like sleeping in his work right now. Yeah, it's there's, there's a, a lot, lot of, of this people. This is serious with, crap going on there. And by the way, I don't notice a resounding federal response. Mm-hmm. Jesus, the lack of FEMA trucks. Uh, if if Trump was president, yeah. would be the front page and the lead story of every single right. newscast. And I mean, Trump would have said something about it at this point. You know, like on Twitter, Trump would be talking about it. And, uh, you know, I just I don't see Biden really doing anything. Another person who doesn't really seem to be doing much is Ted Cruz, who uh, flitted off to Cancun. How do we feel about this? Um, so 
you seemed to not really care very much. I know, like, Jesse Kelly on Twitter thinks it's overblown and not really care. Um, I don't. I don't think it's a good look. I think if Massachusetts were in an emergency where people were dying in their homes and Elizabeth Warren flew off to the Bahamas, I think, uh, you know, we would it's rightfully have a problem with it. It's not a good look. It's not a good look. I think his political uh, days are behind him. Like, people don't want to see you when they're, you know, burning their furniture to keep their kids warm at night. They don't want to see you flying off to Cancun. Like, I, it's just, yeah. uh, you know, I don't know. I know that it's true that Ted Cruz isn't personally going to be able to help anybody standing around in Texas, but it's shady. He didn't answer any questions about it for a long time. Yeah, you got to give, and then, yeah, you and then give people also, the conduit to the federal government. And if you're a yeah, senator, you're one of those. And yeah, to you have need to you know, be Instagram on scene. Uh, pictures of you doing tequila slammers is probably Which not the best He wasn't quite there. And then he turned around and said, like, oh, well, I was just dropping off my kids in Cancun and then flying right them. back. I yeah. had to fly them out there. Worth but he also, try. there's pictures of him with a suitcase. So it's unclear that he yeah. was really planning yeah. to come and right back. He had back. To those beach cornrows they do when they put the, <laughs> and um, had a temporary tattoo in the yeah, shirt. Yeah, it's. Um, um, I, would, I don't think that's a great look. I'm um, surprised at him that just to be so unsavvy. Yeah, it's it seems really dumb. I. I'm kind of blown away by it, to be honest. But, you know, I I don't know. I think it's politically unsalvageable. Yes, He's well, already an unlikable enough person that he shouldn't be doing things like that. That being said, the Texas thing has made me think. And I want to know what you think about this. Um, you know, I've seen, like, some prepper type people being like well this is why you need x number of weeks worth of water and extra ways to keep your house warm and generators and this and that and you should have bought a home with a forest on it so you could chop down tree whatever Mm -hmm. prepper thing and you know while i endorse um being a prepper i'm sort of a very not advanced prepper myself but um you know, I th- I think that that's like not really a fair expectation in the society that we live in to expect everybody to just do that automatically. And the schools thing makes me think of it, too, because everyone's sort of being held hostage. Like we've already outsourced the schools to the government and now we don't have options because they already have our money. And it's like the same thing with the electric grid. Like we already pay for electricity. We our tax dollars paid to build an electric grid. Our tax dollars paid to have this infrastructure and we all bought into it. And we and you know and that it makes us more prosperous that individual people don't have to spend all their time chopping wood to, you know, heat their house independently. And you know, and it's one of those things you don't really notice it until it's gone. But when that government infrastructure fails, it like really does leave people hanging. But we've really like built our whole society on this premise that we should outsource some things to the government or the community as a whole, like schools or electricity or water. And, you know, then when they go down, it sort of hurts everybody. But you also can't really expect people who are just living their lives to all live that way. I mean, like, you can't expect every single person who lives in Manhattan yeah, Alice, to go don't start t- a farm. Do not take the preppers seriously. These are no, people not- who are day-to-day, day-after-day psychos who are right every 75 years. <laughs> you know, and I while mean, yeah. this is one of those times where Texas now is five degrees, so the preppers look good. Every other day of every other I'm year, saying they, look they good. seem like psychotics and they have trout farms, you know, in their house. I'm not saying like, that, but I'm just saying, like, I think it's a question worth thinking about, like, how much of our lives do we want to trust the government with? Because uh, they screw things up a lot of times. Let's go into that uh, more deeply in our next podcast and start with it, as a matter of fact, Alice, when, when, my, when my brain isn't <sighs> just sawdust. Okay. Is that it? Yep. That can be everybody's homework for next time to think about that. Well, by the way, I have one more audio surprise, Alice. Our shout out from the Jerry Callahan podcast. And Dave uh, Dave, uh, Cullinane is on here as well. All right, Shattuck. We got to go. We got to go. That is Tom Shattuck from the... uh Burn Barrel podcast and the Lowell Sun and we need to uh, we need to pump up the Burn Barrel, Jerry. We need to pump it up. Promo. The only reason I want to pump it up is I want to know what it's like for a husband wife duo to produce content like when a, when the husband goes on a rant like Joe Scarborough does on national television, right? On a successful show, Rico must be insanely turned on as that's going on. <laughs> <laughs> the only I always 
The Plan only Steve. person who has that opportunity is Shattuck right now. We got to pump him up so we can yeah. know what it's like. But look at the poor, this poor wife. She's got to look at him going. Yeah. Hey. I mean, sweating. I don't. And- I, don't <laughs> I don't. I condemn this. Every time you show, show Joe, just like you just did just now, when you show Joe going yeah. on a rant, I always my eyes are drawn to Mika to see if she's like rolling her eyes, going, "Oh, this idiot," you know. Because usually when Scarborough's ranting, it's senseless, stupid, like just now about the taco stand. But maybe you're right. Maybe it's foreplay. Maybe it's. Oh, uh, it is. It is. You think she's got her hand on it? He's got his hand under the desk, working like, blue. Over and it's I don't want to. I don't want to assume anything. I want to pump the burn barrel up. Yes, up go, to a hundred thousand an episode, so we will know the following yeah. day what it's like. Because Shadow can go on his rants too. He can win some of those. I like that. Plus, I got buns of steel, so I'm uh, looking better than I ever have. Yeah, don't ruin a good thing. Don't ruin. It. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna get. Yeah, we're gonna. There you go, Dave. Uh, Jay, uh, sorry, Jerry. Then asked if, um, if our um, show, my rants were um, foreplay as well. Mm-hmm. What and did you say? I had a very witty and excellent response, saying, "Obviously, anytime I said something profound, it was an on ramp to a romantic interlude, right?" Of course. Thank you very much, Alice. For more great content from Tom Shonick about um, his romantic endeavors, you can find us on Twitter at Burn Barrel Pod. You can check out Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast. You can uh, go find our YouTube channel. That's Tom Shattuck's Burn Barrel on YouTube, where you can see video versions of the podcast. You can like them. You can comment, and we'll talk back to you there. You can uh, send us an email, burnbarrelpodcast at gmail.com. C'est la vie.